1: Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, whether to let an 18-year-old go to Ibiza, boyfriends who want babies when you don't, sitting next to smelly and annoying people at work, and getting stressed about baby names. Our first question. Dear Viv, my daughter wants to go on a holiday to Ibiza with her friends this summer. She's 18 and will have finished her A-levels, so they're treating it as a final hurrah before each of them heads off to university in different parts of the country. Now, I'm older than her, obviously, but I'm not blissfully unaware of what goes on on these types of holidays, although she clearly thinks I am. If I knew she was a sensible, responsible girl, I might feel a bit more confident. But the fact is, there have been several incidents over the past few years of her getting far too drunk and me or my husband having to drive to some shady house party to pick her up at 3am after her friends have called us. That said, she's going to be going to university in September anyway. So perhaps we need to start letting go and letting her take care of herself. I just can't decide. Please help. Oh, poor anxious mother of occasionally drunken teenager. I see where you are coming from here. Well, usually you are coming from your home in your pyjamas in the middle of the night to act as an unofficial ambulance stroke taxi service. But never mind. I see your dilemma. You want to trust your daughter. But she has already proven that you can't really trust her. You want to let her grow up. That she's already shown that she's struggling with growing up. The good news is this is all completely normal and there's definitely nothing wrong with your daughter or with you. If anything, I'd say your situation errs on the positive. Your daughter is open with you about her exploits. She has friends she can rely on and the channels of communication sound as if they're open. It would be far more worrying if she was getting drunk in secret and you weren't finding out about it. So this is a tricky one because I don't think you can set ground rules for her in Ibiza while you're not around. She'll just find them too hard to stick to. But I wonder if you can have an open conversation with her about what she could do to reassure you about her behavior out there. Do you know enough about the friends that she's going with? Can you talk to them or talk to their parents? I know your daughter may not like you asking all of these questions, what teenager would, but it is better than grounding her and telling her that she can't go at all. So I would say explore all the options. Maybe even if all the parents band together, there's a way to get the message across to the group that they're all responsible for keeping each other safe. So that even if your daughter can't quite be relied upon to look after herself, there'll be several other friends who can do that for her. Only you can decide the right course of action here. And I think a lot of it depends not only on how much you trust your daughter, but on how much you trust her friends. A timely conversation about the importance of lining your stomach might also be in order. Why is your daughter getting drunk when her friends aren't? Can she learn to copy the behaviour of the more sober ones? Is she eating enough before she goes out? This is fairly basic stuff, but typical of the kind of thing that teenagers just forget about. In short, trust your instincts. Don't feel like you have to say yes to anything and ask loads of questions. Worst case scenario, can you go to Ibiza yourself as some sort of minder or a spy? In fact, I'm kind of tempted to offer myself up for this service. I'm packing my neon bikini and Alka-Seltzer right now. Our next question. Dear Viv, My boyfriend has recently asked me to move in with him. I'm really happy, and our relationship has been going absolutely great. But there's one thing I can foresee causing a problem, which is that he said he wants to have kids, whereas I absolutely don't. We've sort of talked about it before, but have always put off making any decisions. It's always been a case of crossing that bridge when we come to it. I think he thinks I'll change my mind, that my biological clock will somehow kick in and I'll become the kind of mothering, caring person that I've never ever been. But I have been sure since I was very young that having kids was not something that was on my agenda. I love him and I want to be with him, but we just can't stay together if he's waiting for me to want kids, as we'll inevitably just break up so that he can have a chance to become a father with someone else what can I do? Okay, let's rewind here. Your boyfriend has asked you to move in. Congratulations. Now, there is a situation here, but don't let it get in the way of the fact that you should be celebrating and that this is a lovely moment in your life. It's exciting that you're moving in together. Don't forget that and become preoccupied with problems about things that might never happen. That said... I can see you're upset about this and I get the impression that it's partly because you love your boyfriend so much. You clearly don't want to feel as if you're deceiving him and making out that you want something that you don't really want. This is a hard one for me to advise on, I would admit, as I have many friends who categorically don't want children and that has worked out great for them. But I also have many friends who categorically didn't want children and then suddenly changed their mind and that also worked out great for them. You mentioned this problem yourself. I think he thinks that I'll change my mind. You seem to state categorically that you won't change your mind. And that's okay, as long as you're clear that you've been clear with him about this. It does sound to me as if you have been about as clear as you could have been. And so it's actually up to him to push it if there's a problem. So I think the issue here is really that you would like some assurance that everything in your relationship is always going to be fine and that the two of you are never going to row or fall out over anything. And the fact is, real life is not like that and decent relationships are not like that. Life deals us all kinds of surprises and we deal with them in different ways. The one thing that's for certain is that there are no certainties And you and your boyfriend will have loads of things that you disagree about over the course of your relationship. And it's not possible to put in some kind of insurance policy in advance, I'm afraid. So even if your boyfriend was completely happy now about you not wanting children, he could just as easily turn around tomorrow and suddenly not be okay with it. There's nothing you can do to prevent that from happening. So some simple advice. Live in the moment, be totally honest with each other, talk to each other as much as possible about your hopes and dreams, but enjoy your lives and enjoy each other without worrying too much about what may or may not happen in the future. Our next question. Dear Viv, I'm at my wit's end at work and I don't know what to do. I like my job and it's well paid. The hours are good. My boss is a decent human being. But the one thing that's driving me truly mad is the man at the desk next to me. He's a heavy breather. He's an out-of-tune hummer. He's a sire. He's a loud eater of smoky crisps and pungent lunches and kilos of satsumas which spray their juice over my keyboard. Viv, I think he might be the most annoying person I know, and I spend eight hours a day sat next to him. There are only five of us in the office, so it's not like moving desks would be possible or even help much. Perhaps I could ask him to not eat at the desk, but that won't solve the humming or the breathing or the sighing or the general gruesomeness he admits on a daily basis. Realistically, I have a good lot in life but this is driving me to the edge oh chronically inopportuned desk mate i feel your pain i once had to sit opposite a man who made grunting noises like Ugh, uh, as he worked often then emitting random psycho laughs. laughs if he had typed something that he found amusing the rest of the time <clears throat> he would cough (coughs) and make (coughs) pig noises. It was like working in an asthma clinic. We have all had to sit next to a person like this. So the first thing to remember here is that you're not alone. We all feel your pain and anyone would be annoyed in your situation. So what is to be done? Let us assume that we cannot change this man. We can only change you because it will be simpler to change your behaviour and your attitude than it will be to convince him to stop being so stinky and annoying. I know this will be hard for you to stomach at first, as you have done nothing wrong, so why should you change your life? But it's going to save your life, and potentially his, in the long run, so see if you can bear it. I would suggest changing your habits. Can you start wearing headphones at your desk to block out the sighing? Can you find another place you can work from for at least part of the day? Is there anything you can do to change your work routine that means you're out of the office more? I really think you need to get away at lunch times if you can, whether you want to or not. I know this will make you feel like he's hounded you out of there, But it's important that you see that you can choose how to feel about this man and that you can take control of your own time and space. You can put up with him. You can cope with this. But you're going to have to put in place a series of measures that give you back some power. Now, I know this next bit sounds crazy, but I once read some advice about coping with a noise in the background that is bugging you. I think it's a kind of meditation advice. And it's this. This noise is annoying me, but what am I doing to annoy this noise? That's weird, right? So all it means is focus less on this man and more on yourself. Where are you putting your attention? Because you can choose where to put your attention. Do not put it on this man. Try all of this for a week and see if it makes a difference. It's going to be hard, but I think you can do it. Ultimately, and I hate to say this because you say you like your job and it's well paid, but I think you may be better than this workplace. So start practicing for the time when you're sitting next to someone who is fragrant, silent, and never eats satsumas. Our last question this week Dear Viv. My first baby is due in three weeks, and my boyfriend and I haven't picked a name yet. Is that odd? A lot of the women in my antenatal class have got favourites, but I don't really have a clue. My boyfriend wants to name our girl after his grandma, but I'm not so keen on that. How do we come up with a name? We've been through the baby name sites, books, you name it, but nothing seems right. Help. Oh, bless you, heavily pregnant lady. I hope we're getting this reply in under the wire in time so that it's useful for you. Otherwise, you might have already named your baby Apricot or Have Peace and Mercy or some other Gwyneth Paltrow type name. You are suffering, my heavily pregnant friend, from what I like to call the in-denial pregnancy displacement mode. You're about to go through one of the biggest upheavals in your life and you're just focusing on anything that will take your mind off that and quite right too. When I was as heavily pregnant as you for the first time, I became completely obsessed with cot bumpers. These are the padded bits that go around the inside of a cot. Which is the perfect one? What is the ideal foam to cotton ratio? What is the perfect embroidery for a cot bumper? all to avoid thinking about the fact that I was soon going to have to pass a watermelon through the eye of a needle. So in short, don't worry. And no, you're not odd, you're just stressing in the same way that all pregnant ladies stress, although they all stress about different things. There are loads of people who don't even choose a baby name until months after their baby is born. Hell, there are even people who put one name on the birth certificate and then change their minds and end up calling the baby by a totally different name. From personal experience, though, I would give this advice. Don't think too much about names and name your baby when you see her. As soon as I saw my babies, and I've had three, a name came to mind. The crucial thing, I think, is not to talk too much about it beforehand. I think that too many parents get caught up with the whole naming thing and they discuss it with too many people. Everyone gets to have their little say and ends up dissing the name you love the most. If you say nothing in advance and then just name your baby, unless people are incredibly rude, then they can't turn around and say, but that's a terrible name. So don't stress about being stressed and the right name will come to you in the right moment. Don't force it. The same advice goes for birthing the baby, by the way. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at ThePoolUK. Thanks for listening.
0: Join us again soon. And sign in to ThePool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.